0: How many of you, this is going to sound like uh, a contradictory word that I'm going to share tonight, and I hope it comes across the way I believe the Lord gave it to me, but how many of you know that it says in the the Bible, in uh, Hebrews, that without faith it's impossible to please God? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But how many of you realize that you can operate without faith? If you'll do what God tells you to do, even though you don't have the faith to believe it. Can I see your hands? Because I know that's going to sound like a contradiction. We're going to talk about that tonight. Because sometimes we're waiting to have enough faith to do something. And what we just need to do is to do something, even though we don't have enough faith to believe it. And I'll share some of my stories with you. And I'm hoping that I will not conflict in your belief system tonight. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't let them conflict with your belief system. <laughs> so let's make our statement right now, and because it's so true. The Word of God, oh, here we go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. and you say amen to that? Now the oldie but the goodie. The word of God is true. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. You can be seated. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. You are in the right place. Gina sends her love. She really enjoyed being here with us Sunday. I'm sure we'll have her back again sometime. If you have your Bible, you can go to the book of Isaiah chapter 1. And and I'm going to be paraphrasing some of this with you tonight, but when when I was first saved, people would tell me what the Word said, but I didn't really have a faith level to believe it. I just read it and what it said. But The faith level was not there, that uncertain belief that this is exactly what the Word of God says and what's going to happen in my life, because I was just learning the Word of God. How many of you can relate to what I'm talking about? You you, you, you start to hear the Word, and and the faith hasn't kicked in yet, and what happened in my life in the very beginning? I spent a lot of time struggling financially when I first got saved. I heard the word of God, what it had to say about tithing, but I didn't really believe and have faith that I could give away 10% and have more. Does that, if that makes sense to you, you can just wave your hand so I know, okay. In other words, how can I give away 10% and have more? Uh, yeah, I know the word of God says that, but I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. I don't have faith to believe it, and so I didn't tithe. We struggled out there in Tulsa for probably, uh, Pam's not here right now, but i bet two or three years. And as I look back on it now, God wanted to bless me a lot quicker than I seemed to want to be blessed. And the key, the word to uh, uh, to tonight is the key to success with God. Everybody say, the key to success success with God. God. You can fill in anything you want. Well, it's love. Well, it's faith. Well, it's this. Well, it's that. Tonight, we're going to talk about the key to success with God is obedience. Obedience. Everybody say that word, obedience. obedience. Just say, I love, I love to be obedient. And you know the story. We're going to go to Isaiah 1 in just a moment here. But you know the story. In my life, I, I had uh, uh, really gotten a, a part-time job at Victory there. I was not a tither. At that time, they didn't check the records uh, real closely, or I probably wouldn't have been on staff. But uh, I I was working there, and I would tithe when I thought I could afford it. When I didn't think I could afford it, I wouldn't tithe. And uh, it was just one of those things that I did not have enough faith, but I knew what the Word of God said. Now, please don't let me mislead you in your faith, what I'm about to say. You can do what God tells you based on obedience and the faith will come later now that's going to sound contrary to what i've even preached in this church in other words you can say well i don't think i have enough faith to tithe would well, do it because you're obedient to the word of god does that make sense Okay, I got quiet in here when i said that does that make sense to everybody wave your hand or something because i don't want you to check out on me because this changed my life i we, so i didn't tithe we weren't blessed financially. We weren't blessed at all. We had struggles after struggle after struggle. And one day, you, you all have heard the story before, but one day I found a check in the checkbook that we had forgot to put in. It's $100. It was an accumulated check. It a $100, and it was a tithe check. <clears throat> and I thought, oh, this is great because we're out of food. We don't have enough food in the house. I needed that $100. Went over and talked to Pam about it. Pam always wanted the tithe. I didn't. It wasn't that I didn't want to, I couldn't understand how it worked. How many of you know that you have a very understanding mind? And the word of God that's why God told us in the word of God, lean not to your own understanding because your understanding will get you in trouble separate from your obedience to do what God said. And so when I talked to her about it, and she said, do whatever you think, and that always drove me up a wall because I knew she didn't agree with me, but she's going to let me make the decision. And it's like, ah, I know it's the right thing to do, but I just don't believe I'm going to give this money away, and now I can't buy groceries. And finally I did. I just gave it, took it over to the accounting department, gave it to them, I went back to my office and sat down at my desk, and literally I started to cry. And i said god i just don't know what to do i really don't and about four hours later lady a teacher at victory walked in june austin she walked into my desk she gave me hundred dollars she said bill god spoke to me today i'm supposed to take you hundred dollars you'll know exactly what this means that was the exact amount of money i was trying to hold back to buy groceries it settled the issue i don't believe i had enough faith to believe it but I knew God wanted me to do it because he wanted me to be obedient. Now, let's all say it. Obedience, obedience. With, God with God is important. God. Now, why is it important? Because he flows through what he wants us to do and where he wants us to be and the decisions he wants to make us to make through our obedience to do what he said to do. When we do that, That activates our faith. In other words, it makes us want to trust God and believe God. Jesus said, one of the most important scriptures I believe in the entire Bible in Matthew chapter four verse four, when he's up against the devil, and he said, "Have faith in God." Uh, uh, excuse me, a man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then in Mark eleven twenty two, he said, "Have faith in God." Now we all will have faith in God, but maybe in a different vein, we don't have faith in what the word is saying to us in that particular area. So let's all say, "I have faith in God." Let me see the hands of all the people you believe God can do anything he wants. And then all of a sudden he tells you what he wants you to do, and you start to vacillate because the first thing you do is start to lean to your understanding of it. Now, your mind is extremely strong. And God wants us not to respond with our mind, but to respond out of our spirit hearing from the Holy Spirit, God, what is your will in this situation? I shared this with our staff. Pam had a staff meeting, and and I was sitting in with them, and and I, I said that a lot of people, the first thing that happens when they're confronted with something is their mouth opens and they begin to talk, And if you do that real quickly, you're going to lean to your understanding instead of taking just a few moments of silence and say, God, what do you want me to think about this situation? We need to slow our mind down and activate our spirit to know what the Holy Spirit is saying. If we do that, we will start to live knowing what God is showing us to do and walking in obedience to him. If you start in the Old Covenant, and you go all the way through to the new covenant, you'll never find a time when the children of God were not blessed by God when they were obedient to God. Now, if you haven't noticed, there's a real devil out there. Can I see the hands of all the people? You know there's a devil out there. And he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy, and he's doing a great job. And in our world today, just like in the old covenant, the children would be loyal to God. They would be obedient to God. They would do whatever God said. God would open the windows of heaven and bless them. Always, always, they were blessed by God. And then they'd start to think for themselves. And then they start to do their own thing. And they'd start to drift away from God. We're living in a world today that has drifted away from God. We're living in a country today that has drifted away from the things of God. I believe we can come back to the things of God, but we have to be obedient to what God has shown us to do. And in Isaiah 1, 19, it says that the willing and the obedient will always eat the good of the land. So let's all say it. The willing and the obedient... We'll always eat, always eat the good of the lamb. All of us are willing. Let's say, I am willing. I am. Are you obedient to do whatever God is showing you to do? Because God is watching where we are and what we're doing based on what he has shown us. Now, if we do what God says, the word obedient means to be submissive and to be compliant. So let's all say, I am. Desiring, Desiring To be willing, be willing. Obedient, obedient Submissive, submissive. And, compliant. And, and compliant Now let's get another foundation of scripture here It's over in the, uh, Deuteronomy uh, Chapter 28 Now let's just say This is God's will for my life, for my life. See De- if, <clears throat> Deuteronomy 28 <laughs> Excuse me Says It's Probably already up there <clears throat> Now it shall come to pass <clears throat> Excuse me. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all of the nations and all of the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. That word blessing means to be happy, prosperous, successful, and content. So, what God is saying to us here is that if we will obey God in everything that we do, then everything that He wants us to have will come upon us and overtake us. Now, you are either obedient or disobedient. There's no in between. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, there's no in between. You're either obedient or you're disobedient. When I was sitting in my office out there in Tulsa, I was telling about the $100 uh, tithe check I was holding while you're going, honey. Uh, when I was out there, I was disobedient to the Word of God. I knew I was supposed to do it, but I wasn't doing it. I was holding it back because I couldn't understand how it worked. So it was very simple. Now, everybody say this because this is the good thing. God loves the obedient. And he loves the disobedient. So therefore we're loved whether we're obedient or whether we're disobedient. but we're blessed when we are obedient. Now this is not a hard message, but it's based on my 40 years of ministry. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, this is not a hard message. Almost every situation I find people in when they're really drifting the wrong way, they're the problem, not the devil not powers and principalities. They've made a wrong decision, and they've drifted away from being plugged into the things of God, and they've unplugged from the things of God, and they want to get back in, but they're trying to figure out what went wrong, and the real problem is they're just disobedient. They're just disobedient. If if you'll be obedient to God, then all the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you. But if you continue to drift in the wrong direction, then you're not going to be able to have what God wants you to have God is a good God, and he loves us. But it's just like a child that that you're raising. If the child is obedient, you want to give him everything that you can. But if the child is disobedient because of your love for them, you want to train them so that they will be obedient because a disobedient child is a danger to themselves. I'll say that again. A disobedient child is a danger to themselves. A disobedient adult. Is the danger to themselves and to their family. In John chapter 3, verse uh, James chapter 3, verse 16, we're going to go there in just a moment, but it's talking about what happens when people are self-oriented. In other words, they're just in it based on what they think and themselves. It says there'll be confusion and every evil word. How many of you know a lot of people that have confusion? and a lot of evil work going on in their lives and their families. Probably all of us. And what happens is, we don't understand it, but when people start to get into self and into self-seeking, they open the door to the devil. It is basically disobedience, and then the obedience of God is not working for the children of God. John, John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said this, The thief, the devil, the enemy, comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. He is in disobedience. He loves people to be disobedient. He's into stealing the word of God that way. But Jesus said, I came to give life and give it more abundantly, to have the abundant life. Now, if you study John chapter 10, this is an amazing chapter. It's all about hearing from God. A lot of people think, well, I don't know if I really hear from God or not. You hear from God. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, you hear from God. God. And in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. If you ever study all of John chapter 10, he's talking about sheep and how sheep are raised to hear the voice of the Master. And uh, when Rodney and I were in Israel, this is just so powerful and brought this scripture to life. We were with a shepherd in a little commune there, uh, not a commune, uh, uh, kibitz, kibitz, is that what they call it? Yeah, and, and, and anyway, it was, it was just fascinating. It's the way they lived back in the biblical days. And uh, there's about 100 sheep in this pen, and this guy who was with us took us over there, and he said, now, you, you, know, you know, in John chapter 10, it talks about how the sheep hear the voice of the good shepherd. And he said, Here, here's exactly how that works. He said, y- you guys can call uh, a sheep by name in this herd, but they're not coming. They're not coming. But if I call them, you, you watch what happens. And he says, going. I'm going to call this one sheep. And remember, there's about 100 sheep here. He calls this one sheep. This one sheep about the middle of the herd starts jumping up in the air and leaps over all the other sheep on their backs and comes up to the shepherd and stands right at his feet, right at the gate. It was so powerful. He says, that sheep knows my voice. You know the voice of the Lord. Tell your neighbor, you know God's voice. You know it, you hear it, you know it, and you've got to have confidence to be obedient to it. He said, anybody can call that sheep and it's not coming. But if I call it, that sheep will follow me anywhere. That's what God wants us to do and be so fine-tuned with him. Now, I want to show you in John chapter 10 what else it says because there are a lot of strange voices out there. A lot of strange voices, of people entertaining thoughts that are absolutely contrary to obedience to God, and if we're not careful, we'll be more concerned about people than we are hearing the voice of the Lord. Now, this is what it says: It says, "But up, but up. Let me see. I think I lost my place here. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice." And I know them, and they follow me. And now i lost my place. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to find it. Mm-hmm. Pammy, help me. What I'm chapter. looking for is when it says they... It says that they won't hear, follow the voice. Is is the beginning? Yes. Ah, thank you, my darling. My wife is a walking, talking concordance. Let's read, verse 10, uh, uh, chapter 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as the thief and the robber, talking about the devil. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Everybody say, I know his voice. voice. Yet, now listen to this, this is so powerful. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger. In other words, you're so tuned in, to the voice of the Lord, that you're not going to follow somebody else. You know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's all say it again. I know know. the voice voice. of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Let me see the hands of all the people. You do. Can I see your hands? Let's all say, I I know. But what happens to many of us is when God is beginning to show us to do something, what he wants us to do so that we'll be blessed and be a blessing to others, we engage our mind. And we start to engage our intellectual being of understanding. Well, if I do that, maybe this will happen. Or, well, I don't know about that. And all of a sudden, we are leaning to our understanding instead of following the voice of the shepherd and what the shepherd is saying. I want to give you this example because it won't always make you a lot of friends. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have one good friend. And that is Jesus. When we were on staff in Tulsa one time, I was learning this. And I was learning that I really could hear from the Holy Spirit. How how many of you realize that when you're asking God, God, what, what is it you really think? How many of you realize if you ask God, you're going to hear? You hear You hear, let's all say, I know what I hear. hear. Tell your neighbor, I know what I hear. hear. And so we develop that confidence that I'm hearing from God. If you don't go to God and ask to be led by the Holy Spirit, you go to your mind. And all of you have been in trouble. Can I see the hands of all the people? Your mind gets you in trouble. You open your mouth too soon. You engage your mind too soon. And instead, what we need to do is say, God, what do you think? We're sitting in a meeting in Tulsa. I'm just learning this. I'm not saying I've mastered it even to this day, but I, it, to me, hearing from the Holy Spirit is more important than hearing from anybody else. I love to hear from my wife, but I'd rather hear from the Holy Spirit. And then we can get together on it and, well, they're basically one and the same, you know. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> so, <clears throat> anyway, we're in this meeting. And, and it, it, I'm, I'm still learning this. And, and we're meeting with the pastor. Uh, there's a group of us, about seven guys. And uh, every, once a year, about every year, they had to take the Maybe Center where the church met, a beautiful arena, some of you have been there, and it goes up to Christ Chapel uh, because they have to refurbish the floor at the Maybe Center. And every time that happens, it creates a problem, a logistical problem. The Maybe Center is up on a hill and you can't park around it, and just a lot of logistical problems. And we're sitting there, and one of the guys said, uh, in three Sundays, we have to go to the maybe center. We're leaving, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, <coughs> Christ Chapel. We have to leave the maybe center. And we, our attendance always takes a hit when that happens. And the one guy said, you know, let's just have vans ready, a transportation, and everything will take them up there. And we'll have it all set for them when they arrive. We'll have signs up and everything will be all set. And then, you know, it, they won't affect the attendance. And one by one, all of these guys that were my friends—we were all on staff—and we were this group that met with the pastor, six of us. And, and one by one, they went around and say, "Yeah, I think that's a great idea." Now I'm learning to be led by the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, "It, it, it is very rewarding, and it can be dangerous." <clears throat> I don't care about the danger anymore. As a matter of fact, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. <clears throat> but I'm sitting there. I'm listening to all of them. And in my spirit, I'm saying, God, what do you think? And I know what I heard. And so it went around to all of them, got back to the pastor. He said, so you're all in agreement that we just don't say anything in the bulletin. We just wait with signs and all the bands and everything like that. Said, yeah, it's okay. Said, Bill, you haven't said anything. So whatever you all think, fine with me. He said, no, you haven't said anything. What do you feel the Holy Spirit showing you? Now, I had prayed internally. How many of you know you talk internally? So I I prayed, God, if you want me to share this, I'll share it. And uh, I said, well, I think that the reason we're making that decision is based on fear. And any decision based on fear can't be motivated by God. And these are my friends that I just basically said, they're full of whatever. (laughs) And they looked at me like I just said that too. And I said, "So I can't imagine that being God." And he just stared at me. Pastor Doherty had a way of staring at you when he was trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been around people that they're so animated when you ask them what the Holy Spirit's telling you? You know they can't hear because they're animated and telling you everything that they've ever experienced in their life instead of what the Holy Spirit is saying. And he was just just stare hole through it. I finally said, "I believe." That is exactly right. And we're going to tell our people. Well, I was not very popular with my <laughs> friends after that. But all I do know is when I left that meeting to get on the elevator, all my friends stayed behind. <laughs> <coughs> it was just Pastor Doherty and I. I got go to the elevator. And I still wasn't, I was still learning to flow with him. And he said... I just want you to know, I appreciate the fact that you have a desire to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now turn to your neighbor and say, this is not going to go down real good. I don't see a lot of people who are living day by day trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm seeing a whole lot of people that are trying to think for themselves. Your thinking gets you in trouble. The Holy Spirit brings you into obedience with Almighty God. Turn to your neighbor and say, can you just appreciate this silence here tonight? (laughs) In other words, what is the Holy Spirit saying? Who do you ask if you want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying? You ask the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will show you. I hear people saying, well, I think God told me to do this. What are you going to do it? Well, I don't know. I don't, I've don't. i never done that before. That's not obedience. That is disobedience. Let's all say it. The obedient, obedient. will eat, we'll eat the good of the land. And therefore, if we want to be obedient, all we've got to do is do whatever God said us to do. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 15, because you have been selected by God to be blessed. You say amen to that? That's a weak amen. You have been selected by God to be blessed. So God has hand-selected you. He brought Jesus to save your life. And now God wants to pour all of his blessings out upon you. It's no different than the way he selected Saul. He selected Saul to be king. And he he hand-selected Saul for the people of God because they wanted a king. And Saul was a man who God picked himself And it says in verse number uh, 15, verse 1, Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, heed the voice of the Lord and the words of the Lord. In other words, be obedient to whatever God has called you to do. Now, what you and I are called to do is to be led by the Holy Spirit and ask God what to do in every situation. God, do you want me to tithe? Yes, I want you to tithe. Okay, you be obedient, you do it. Well, I don't know if I have enough faith. Forget that. Do what God is telling you to do. Well, I need to walk in love, but I don't always feel like walking in love. I don't know if I have enough faith to walk in love. Walk in love because you're going to be obedient to God. Faith goes hand in hand with it, but faith faith without works is dead in other words you got to do what god says you got to do and when god god knows you better than anybody and god will tell you when you need to go forgive somebody god will tell you how to forgive god will tell you how to love god will tell you how to go to somebody that you don't even particularly like and try to make a friend out of that person god will lead you and guide you and all he wants in return is his, his obe, your obedience to do what he says Can I see the hands of all the people? God has shown you things to do from time to time, and you don't even want to do them. That is a perfect example of saying, God, I will do what you tell me to do. I recall one time God spoke to me to do something. Somebody else said they were going to do it, and I I thought, what, they were going to, eh, I don't want to get there. Anyway, all I know is when they said to me, what they were going to do, but they didn't know if they could do it. And when I prayed and I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I felt like God said, I want you to do it. And it's like, God, I don't want to do it. You don't have to want to do what you need to do to be obedient. All you have to do is be obedient. Does that make sense? See, a lot of people, we're living in a, in a, a self-sensory world. I don't feel like doing that, so I'm not going to do that. That, that's, that is James 3.16. Self-seeking people, confusion, every evil work. We're seeing it in people now that I would never dreamed I would have seen it in. And what's happened is they've become disobedient to the things of God, and they've become really obedient to the things of the world. So what we've got to do is know that whatever it is, obedience on my part is the most important thing. Now, I want to give you an example of this because it was Saul because it's so important. Saul was told through Samuel exactly how to fight a battle against the Amalekites. You are fighting a fight of faith here, but God will fight that faith for you. All we have to do is position ourselves just like Jehoshaphat. Our position is being obedient to what God called us to do. And so Samuel told Saul said, now this is what you need to do. You need to kill all the people. You need to kill every single person. You need to destroy all of the livestock. And you take nothing for yourselves, nothing at all for your bounty of what is going to happen. And God is giving you the Amalekites, going to pay them back for what they did when they came out of Exodus, came out of Egypt. And so Saul understood. Everybody say, I understand. Because the chances are good right now that there are areas in your life where God has told you something to do, and you haven't done it. In that area of your life, you are disobedient, and therefore God can't bless you the way he wants you because you're not positioned where he wants you to be. Does that make sense to you? Everybody say, God's got everything under control. God's got everything under control. What we need to do is to be ready to be the oracle God uses in every situation to bring forth his will. Now, so Saul knows exactly what he's supposed to do. He has his orders, and then he doesn't follow them. He doesn't kill the king, King Agag. He was told to kill him. He's told to get rid of all the sheep. He picked out all the good sheep for himself and for others because he decided to do it his way. Everybody say, not my way. So now, I'm setting the team. Samuel shows up on the scene. Think about your own house. Think about your own life. God shows up on the scene. Says, how are you doing with what I told you to do? And said, well, God, I just didn't really want to do it. Disobedience versus obedience. So Samuel shows up. And Samuel said to Saul, what is this you've done? And Saul says, I I performed all the commandments, verse number 15. I performed all the commandments. And Samuel said, what is all this noise I hear? This bleeding of sheep. You haven't fulfilled what God told you to do. So then Samuel sums it all up in verse 22. And this is what I want to drive home, because we are seeing in the world today, especially with a lot of young people, moving into a rebellious state Which opens the door to the devil. Samuel said in verse 22: Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Because to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. I want to say that again. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being the king. Now, Saul cries out to Samuel because he wants another chance and he's trying to defend himself. And this is where a lot of people are in trouble today. In verse number 24, Saul says to Samuel why he didn't obey God. There is no excuse for not obeying God. Everybody say, there's no excuse excuse. Ever. ever for not obeying God because God is showing you what to do so that he can bless you. And this is what Saul says in verse number 24. I did this because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. I did this because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. Have you ever been in a situation where God is showing you how to interject the love, the compassion of God into a situation to help somebody? that's going the wrong direction. And all of a sudden, your mind kicks in. Well, I better not say this because they may not accept this. There are a lot of people-pleasers in the world today like I've never seen before. Proverbs 29, 25. People-pleasers are snared by the world. It's a snare because I feared the people, cared about what they would think, I obeyed their voice. And what happens is we're more concerned about what people will think about what we have to say instead of telling them what God is showing us to tell them. In love, in compassion, but, but always telling and doing what God is showing us to do. Otherwise, we'll just be more concerned about keeping the peace which sounds scriptural, doesn't it? We're all called to be peacemakers. But I just, I just want to keep the waters calm. I don't want to do anything that would upset anybody. And all of a sudden, what we're doing is just pacifying situations and circumstances instead of injecting the living Word of God. And when you understand how this works, it means we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit to bring forth the Word of God into every situation. And then when you do that, you're being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is showing you what to do. You are on an assignment from God to bring forth what God wants you to bring. And I'll sum it all up here. We're just about out of time. <clears throat> but years ago, and some of you probably heard this story before, we had a week Care ministry in Tulsa. <clears throat> in the week Care ministry, we had a dress code. And back in that area, it looks like the dress code's totally gone in the body of Christ any longer, but that's, that's just because I'm getting old. But, you know, it, you wear whatever you want. I understand that. That's fine. There's fashion changes, but back then, uh, just so you set the, the time frame, you had to wear a sport coat, uh, a shirt and tie, or a shirt and tie. That was the dress code that Pastor Billy Joe had or Roberts University had it, and, and so that was the dress code. It's not so much about a dress code as it is about obedience, and so we had a dress code in the We Care Ministry. We had the guy over at We Care Ministry, one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to see, Daryl Burdick. He, he he's just full of love all the time. But if you're hand-to-hand combat, you probably wouldn't want Daryl. You'd want Mark Turner. That's another story. But anyway, uh, but 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 Darryl came to me one day and he said, "We have this man in the We Care Ministry, and he's really awesome. He's just got such a great personality. But but uh, you know, he, he, he won't conform to our dress code." And I said, well, tell him, you know, you take care of it. You're over that area of ministry. I just can't. I just don't want to hurt his feelings. <clears throat> That's a whole other subject for another message. Glory to God. Save a life, hurt a feeling. What the heck. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, he, he, he wouldn't meet with us. So I met with the guy, and, and, and he said, listen, I'm not going to wear a tie, and I'm not going to wear a shirt. And we had a policy that if they couldn't afford it, we bought it for them. And, uh, and I said, you, can you not afford it? He said, oh, yeah, I can afford it. He said, I said, I don't believe that Jesus would have me do that. I said, well, you're working for us, and uh, this is our policy. And he said, well, I'm not going to do it. I said, okay, you don't have to. And he said, you mean I don't have to? I can be part of the We Care ministry? Oh, no, you can't be part of the We Care ministry. You're out of the ministry. Uh, but I said, you don't have to wear it. You dress, wear any, dress anywhere you want. He says, you're not being like Jesus. I said, well, I don't know about that. But I'm telling you, you know, going be a part of the week Care Ministry because we have a policy. If you don't help people develop a teachable spirit, they are prey to the devil. They are prey to the devil. And we got a lot of that going on today. They're out there like sheep, not hearing any voice and following, not hearing the voice and following any voice. Well, everybody's doing it. That's a buzzword for get your ears up and get involved. Everybody's doing it. And and so th- this guy left. He was really upset with me. Came back about four months later. He wanted to see me, and he said, "You know, I've really been praying, and I've really been seeking God, and I want you to know, you were right about what you did. My heart was wrong. I'm sorry. I repent. God told me I needed to come to you and ask for your forgiveness." I said, "Hey, I forgive you. I just want the best for you." He started to walk away, and I said, "Are you going to get involved in ministry?" And he said, what ministry? And I said, the We Care Ministry. He said, Do you want me? I said, well, sure. We never didn't want you. We always wanted you. God is all-inclusive. Everybody say, God is all-inclusive. God. But if we don't help people understand the importance of obedience, then they will drift away. But it starts with you and me. It starts with you and me. <clears throat> Years ago, Terry Hinshaw and John and I were in, in Lima, Peru, and we're doing an outreach down there, and uh, we this particular one was a Bible school, and I was sharing at this one, and uh, I don't know, they had a couple, 100 some students graduating, and uh, working with an interpreter, and I said to the interpreter, uh, that you know, how many of you are here, and, and, you know, you've really, you're graduating from Bible school and you're ready to go on with the rest of your life, but you have things in, in, in your life that God has shown you to do and you still haven't done it. You're really being disobedient to God. And when I said it, every hand went up in the whole place. There's more than 200 people, but, uh, it, but those are the graduates and all the people there. Every hand went up. And I turned to the interpreter and I said, did you say that right? I so, yeah, I said what you said. I said, well, say it again. And he said it again. Every hand went up again. I said, let's let's do it one more time. And every hand went up again. And finally, at the end of the meeting, after we prayed for the people, uh, Terry Henshaw said, I was amazed at the number of hands. It seemed like every hand went up in the place. To this day, I'm still amazed with that story, but I'm amazed at how many people I talk with When I'll say, well, what has God shown you? Thanks, Don. What has God shown you to do? And they say what God has shown them to do, and then they're still not doing it. So they haven't positioned themselves where God wants them to be for the blessing to flow god is not a taskmaster he does not get mad at you if you're obedient he loves you if you're disobedient he loves you but he's got things for you to do so that you can be on an assignment from him so that you can interject his will his power his authority into the situation you are called to be the voice of the good shepherd flowing through you to other people so that you can help them be all that God wants them to be. But sometimes those waters can be a little bit rough. Sometimes if you're dealing with people close in a family, sometimes if you're dealing with people close to you as friends, you need to interject in their life and say, no, we're not going to the uh, Christ Chapel because of fear. If we go, we're going because of God. We're going to tell our people, and God will take care of fear, anxiety, all those things. When we let them things influence us, we will make wrong decisions. Tonight, I ask you this question. Are there things in your life, because obedience starts with each one of us, are there things in your life that you know God has shown you to do that you haven't done? If there are, then you are being disobedient. God loves you, but he wants you to get the victory in that area of your life so that he can give you the next assignment and the next assignment. Now, I'll close with this. God is not giving you assignments to do, and then you're not doing them and say, okay, I'll cancel that assignment, I'll go to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. What he'll do is he'll start to leave you on a holding pattern until you get it so he knows that he can trust you to do what he wants you to do so that he can give you the next assignment. Does that make sense to everybody? I knew it was going to be quiet in here tonight. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, You came on the right night. Let's all stand to our feet. Now, it's never, kind of play on the words for the book here, but it's never too late to change. It's never too late to make the best of the rest of what God has for you to do. But what happens then, is that many times when we're going through this life and we're being obedient to God and doing what he's called us to do and we're seeing the wake and, you know, things we're making a difference in some people's lives and some people's lives we seem like we've created a problem but we know we've done what God said but then he has more for us and more for us and more for us and then every day is a new assignment to be able to reach out and help somebody maybe they'll accept your help maybe they won't but you know you're doing what God is showing you to do so that it gets to be exciting not based on what people think about you but what God thinks about you and whether or not you're doing what he's shown you to do. Does that make sense? Well, you bow your heads with me just for a moment? Father, I pray for every person here tonight, Lord, that we are on an assignment from you and that there are people out there that need what we have to share with them. There are people that need to hear what you're showing us. And Lord, I pray that in my life, in Pam's life, in all of our lives, that if there are areas where you're showing us us things to do and we're we're not doing them, you still love us. But Lord, that's not obedience, that's disobedience. And when we start analyzing ourselves as a self-seeking person based on, well, if I do that, then this may happen. Lord, that is a self-seeking person that creates an open door for confusion and every evil work. And Lord, I pray that as a group of people here tonight, we would make a decision that whatever it is that you have for us, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. Obedience is what you desire for all of your people because you love us and because you want to bless us. And because the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. While we're in prayer, just holding right where you are. I want to ask you this question. How many of you know that there are things that God has shown you to do and you haven't done? Can I see your hands? Okay, I see it. I see it. You can take them all down. You can take them all down. It looks like about half of us right here. But Father, I pray you see every hand that was lifted up. Lord, I believe that in every person in this church tonight right here i believe there's a desire in every single person's heart to do what you've shown them to do i know there is and lord you, you you go ahead and you prepare the way one word from us one action from us sets in motion the power of your spirit and i pray that tonight will be a night and a day of new beginnings For all of us not just for those things that you've shown us to do that we haven't yet done but every moment of every day and every new day we would say God what is your plan what do you have for me to do what do you want me to how do you want me to respond to this situation what do you want me to say to this individual what do you want me to bring to the table today to be able in love to share with people everywhere that I go so that the ultimate result would be to set them free and I thank you for that Let's make this confession right now. Lord, forgive me for areas in my life when I haven't been obedient. I know you love me, but I also know you have an assignment for me. There is nothing that I cannot do with you. Therefore, I yield to your Holy Spirit to live in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to sow in the spirit knowing that your power flows through your Holy Spirit through my spirit through my voice and through my actions and that together we can make a difference in this world do you believe that let's give the Lord a hand let's all say I am going to be obedient in all things, and if I slip, and if I miss it, God still loves me. Give him another hand. Go and be blessed.